Well, good morning to all of you. We're glad that you're here with us this morning, especially if it's your first time here at Gateway. We want to welcome you and thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. Before we get started into today's message, though, I I would love uh, if we could just uh, pray as a group together. Uh, You know, it seems like the COVID cases are kind of back on the rise, and a lot of people seem to be coming down with it right now. And Especially after all of our gatherings and everything, kids go back to school tomorrow, and the teachers and students, it's just a little bit of a nervous energy. Uh, I also have on mind, one of our members uh, is in ICU right now, and uh, is having to be put on the ventilator, and I know that others have been struggling with it the last couple weeks, uh, and kind of going through it. So I'd just like to pray uh, together, um, if we can, before we get into the message this morning. Father God, we come to you, and... uh, Man, this is uh, as much, we so want this just to go away. We just wish that we could live a normal life, and uh, yet it keeps rearing its ugly head. And you know, it's a reminder that uh, we will endure trials of many kinds. And this world is it's full of evil, and it's got a bunch of stuff that's against us, but it's also a reminder that we have a Father that loves us, and a Father that sent His Son Jesus so that we can have a hope that extends beyond this world. And so, Father, I, I, I just pray, while we're here, though, I, I pray for protection for those um, that are getting ready to go back to school tomorrow, whether it be students or teachers. We just pray for that. Whether we, maybe we're going back to our jobs tomorrow, and it's been the first time in a while. I just pray for protection over all of us right now. I pray for those that are in the midst of it right now. And, and whether whatever the severity level is, whether it's the sniffles or whether... We have family members and friends in the hospital. I just pray that you would bring healing on them. And Father, we know that you are able in these moments. And we don't understand a lot of times what's going on and why we had to go through these things. Uh, It's hard to give an answer sometimes. But what I do know is that we are to come to you. We are to cast our burdens onto you, cast our cares and all of our anxieties. And so we we come with those this morning, Father. And, And we lay them at your feet. And we just ask that you would be there. And I just pray for strength for family members that are going through this. We pray for peace for those that might have lost some in the midst of us. And it's just really, this whole thing is really hard to go through for everybody. And so, Father, I pray that we would turn to you in those moments, in our, in our weakest moments, and our strongest moments. We are weak because you are strong. And we just pray for you to show up in a big way in our lives, whether it be protection or healing or strength, whatever it looks like. Father, I just pray that we would turn to you in these moments. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, once again, good morning, and I'm glad that all of you are here this morning, and happy new year. I hope that you're, you had a great Christmas uh, and new year, and uh, you know, I, this is a moment, I forgot to say this in first service while he was in here, so this is going to be a moment where I can't say anything nice about Luke while he's actually in here, uh, but you know, Luke... Uh, came and he preached for the first time at Taze Valley last week and did an awesome job. You know where I was. Uh, where I was last week, there uh, there was the guy that did it was not actually on staff, and he referred to himself as the e bug, and I had not known exactly what that term was. Uh, but it turns out that is the emergency backup goalie. If you're a sports fan, you know that a couple years ago. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes had to go to a Zamboni driver because he was the emergency backup goalie. This is actually a thing. Their goalies got hurt, and at the last minute, they were like, uh, 
Who do we have? So they went to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver that was their emergency backup, and that was who their goalie was that night. And so this guy referred to him as, uh, himself as the e-bug, as the preacher last week. And I thought, you know, it's nice that I don't have to worry. I can just have a backup goalie that is uh, just as good. So I appreciate Luke. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the art of a great start today. He uh, had a great start last week to his preaching. And so uh, I'm thankful to him. And if anybody sees him after this, make sure to tell him a good job and that Brian said he was really good. Okay. So uh, I can't say that to his face that he'd be really good. No, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a great time. I hope you all had a great celebration. Uh, you know, I took on some supplements over the Christmas season, and it's the CNC supplement, the, crisp, uh, the chocolate, and the cookies. Uh, and uh, that has resulted in some side effects for me. I don't know if you've dealt with these, but an extra like five to 10 pounds. Uh, so I don't know if I would recommend these if I was a doctor, but that is where we're at. Uh, anybody uh, start their gym membership for this week? Because that's where we're at. Uh, it is the first week of January. It's the time to start your gym membership up. So make sure you get uh, that and at least go for this month before you just start paying just to stay at home and not go. Uh, but uh, at least you start off on the right foot. The other thing I wanted to say was, uh, you may notice that I don't have my beard anymore. Uh, I was done with it for a long time, uh, and then, but a couple Thanksgivings ago, my brother-in-law, Ashley's brother, was so tickled that I showed up with just a mustache uh, that I planned that for about the month of December. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shave it off when I see him at Christmas, and uh, so I did. I wore a mustache. Perhaps you saw it on Facebook. Uh, my loving wife uh, put up with it. And uh, it was good. And then I thought, you know what, though? I can't keep it for Sunday. That's going to like, people are going to be like, that looks really dumb. Uh, and then it was going to detract from Jesus. And I didn't want to do that. So here we are. Uh, I had forgotten all about it. And then somebody came up to me after the service like, it's been so long since I saw just your face. It took me a minute. So adjust accordingly. Here I am. This is, this is my face. I can't do anything about it. But all right. Well, I hope that as we get into this year 2022, uh, I hope that we can have a sense of renewal and beginnings. That's what, what we're going to be talking about. That's kind of what we always talk about this time of year. This first Sunday out of the gate in the new year, we talk about resetting. We talk about new beginnings. And there's a lot of hope that comes with that. By the end of the year, a lot of people are so done with the year, they can't wait for the calendar to flip over with the hope, with the optimism that the next year will be better. And I hope that we, this year, we can continue our path to recovery and getting back to normal. Now, there's a lot of people that'll say you can't go back to normal, but I truly believe that we can. And I actually think that the only thing that would keep us from getting back to normal with one another is perhaps our pride and ourselves. We might be the only thing that could stand in the way of that. The question is, will we allow ourselves to move past all of the hate and the disagreements and the arguments that have arisen over the past two years? Will we allow the anger and the rage inside of us to dissolve? Or will we dig deeper into the stronghold of our opinions? You know, if, if your conversations are anything like mine at home, it seems like COVID seems to, it just finds its way into just about everything. You know, you start talking and before you realize it, you're talking about it again. I'm sure it was talked about at your Christmas gatherings. Perhaps some of you had more spirited conversations about it than, than others. It's talked about at work, I'm sure, or at school. And maybe you're 
like me where you and your spouse seem to have the same conversations over and over because it's not going away and there's no firm answer, so you just keep talking about it over and over. You know, your kids, they may have no idea what any of these words mean, words like uh, vaccine or coronavirus or COVID, but it just seems to keep coming up. These words that were not even a part of our vernacular just two years ago. You know, I, I know that there are serious issues affecting a lot of you, though. I, I, whether you've got family going through it, you're going through it yourself, or maybe some of you are being, having your hand forced by your employer or another entity to do things that you're really not comfortable with. And so staying out of it, well, that's not an option. You can't just bury your head in the sand. You can't pretend it doesn't exist. And so that's just not an option. But my hope is that at the end of 2022, we can be in a better place with this virus but more importantly, with each other. And there's a lot that we can't control about our daily lives. There's a lot that we can't control about COVID, and that's why it frustrates us so much. We don't know enough about it, or something is, a decision is made for us. A lot of things are out of our control, but there's one thing that is in our control, and that's ourselves. Sometimes you can't control anything but yourself. And in those moments, I come back to what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12:18. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's a small sentence, but that's a big task. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That is something we can control. We can, we can control our words and our actions and live at peace with everyone. And so maybe that should be our New Year's resolution. If you're into resolutions, maybe that should be all of our New Year's resolution for, for 2022. That in 2022, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with those around you. Now, as we reflect on last year, on 2021, you might be in a different place than the person sitting in front of you or next to you. Because for some, 2021 was great. It was a prosperous year. It was Maybe you started a new job or you welcomed a new addition to your family. Maybe you got married. But for others, man, 2021 was a little bit of a struggle. Maybe you're a little bit of both. You know, 2021, maybe you, you struggled with depression. Or maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you had a bout with COVID or another illness. Somebody, somebody that's close to you is in the hospital. You know, we all might come this morning in different places. You might be on the highest mountain right now. Or you might be in your lowest valley. And that's kind of what I want us to think about this morning. Where are we this morning as we begin a new year? How, and when we think about this, I want to think about how everyone who starts this new year has to start somewhere, but not everyone starts in the same place. That's the tricky thing about time. You know, whether you like it or not, it's still coming, right? You could look out at something three months in advance and say, I really don't want to have to go through that, but it's coming for you either way. That's kind of the tricky part about time. And so, here we are. You have to start the new year. And so, if we're going to start the new year, we have to start somewhere. But we don't always start in the same place. Now, I'm not talking about spiritually. I'm talking about geographically. Because spiritually, we all come, we all are in the same place. Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we can be confident that we're all coming to the same, coming in this new year. We're all beginning in the same place. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. But geographically, we all come to this realization that, of this beginning at different places. In our text this morning, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 8 and 9 together. And 
in our text, Saul of Tarsus comes to this realization out on the road to Damascus. See, he's on his way. Saul was the ultimate enemy of the Christians. The, this the way, this movement had continued even after they got rid of its leader. They killed Jesus. They thought that would be the end. Oh, if we get rid of him, no, we'll stamp it out. No, sir. The way continues on. These Christians, these early Christians, they keep on with the path. They keep on with their faith. And now Paul is going out determined to stamp it out. And so while he's on his way to round up more Christians, men or women that he might take back to Jerusalem, bound to stand trial for their faith in Jesus, he has this awakening. And he did this while still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. See, Paul had, had already taken part in the stoning of Stephen, the, the first Christian martyr, just two chapters prior to this written record known as, in this written record known as the Acts of the Apostles. And that was, well, just the beginning of Paul's or of Saul's vicious rampage against the faith in Jerusalem. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, I ask that you join me in Acts chapter 8. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8 and 9 if you want to follow along with me. And this morning I want to take a closer look at this conversion of Saul of Tarsus into Paul the Apostle. How did this man that was so evil, that was trying so hard to get rid of Christianity, how did he then become the man that we would write half of what we know as the New Testament? How did that conversion happen? How is that even possible? So in Acts 8, I want to look at what Luke says. Luke says, Saul was ravaging the church. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. He's on, he's on the warpath here. And while on trial, Paul would later testify about this time in his life saying, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women. He's out there killing Christians. He's putting them in prison. He is on a mission. And so that's what Saul is doing when he's on the road, this road to Damascus which is a city that was 135 miles removed from his beloved Jerusalem. 135 miles back then was a lot, a lot today, right? But with no transportation, to go that far out of your way, I mean, it would have required him a six-day journey out of the way just to get rid of these Christians in Damascus. But that's how dedicated Saul was to stamping out the faith, stamping out the way. And that, that mission, that attitude, that determination, that is where Saul met Christ for the first time. That is where he had his beginning. In a very unusual place, in a very unusual way, Saul had his beginning with Jesus. There was a blinding light and a voice from heaven. It left, that light left him blind and he had to be led by the hand into Damascus where for three days he was without sight and he didn't eat or drink. Certainly a very unusual way for a person to begin their walk with Christ. I mean, nobody else in all of Scripture is recorded as having this kind of beginning. Certainly they all had the beginnings. Everybody had to begin somewhere. They just didn't have this kind of beginning. And as you look through the Bible, you can see examples of different beginnings of people Nicodemus, he came to Christ at night under the veil of darkness at an undisclosed private location. That's where Nicodemus seemed to have his beginning with Jesus. But by contrast, 
Peter, well, he seems to begin his familiarity with Jesus quite publicly on the Sea of Galilee. James and John began while mending nets. Matthew begins in his tax collector booth. Zacchaeus, he began up in a tree. The woman of Sychar began by a well. Lydia began by a river. An Ethiopian eunuch began out on a deserted road. A lame man began at the temple gate. And a Roman centurion began at the foot of the cross. But for Saul, it was much more unusual. He's out there on the road to Damascus on his way to round up Christians to take them back to the high priest to stand trial for their faith in Jesus. Certainly a highly unusual place for a person to start. See, Saul was an outlier, but everybody has to start somewhere. We all have a beginning in our faith, even if, you all, if we don't all start in the same place. And we have people here that have started in all kinds of places. Perhaps you know people that have started in a much different place than you. We have folks here, here who began to learn about Jesus at home, maybe from their mom or their dad. Maybe it was from your grandparents. Maybe you began with Jesus in church or, or in Sunday school. Maybe it was in student ministry. Maybe it was at church camp or during vac- vacation Bible school. Maybe you began with Jesus at a, at a revival or when somebody infri- invited you to a friend day. Maybe you began with Jesus at school hearing from a friend or maybe it was from a neighbor or a coworker, somebody that reached out to you. Maybe it was a teacher that took you under their wing or maybe a coach. Maybe you began with Jesus with somebody you went to co- from somebody you went to college with or for somebody that you played ball with. Maybe it was in a college campus ministry or maybe it was in a small group, which, shameless plug, start up again this week if you're looking for a small group. You too could begin with Jesus in a small group starting this week, Wednesday at 6.30. We got things for the whole family. Come on out. Maybe for you it was at a home Bible study or, or, or a Bible study at the church or a men's breakfast meeting or, or, or a ladies Bible study. Maybe it was on a mission trip. I, I've known folks who begin to really think about Jesus in a funeral home. Maybe you began to think about Jesus in a premarital or marital counseling session. Maybe it was at a Christmas Eve service or an Easter morning service. I mean, a lot of soldiers, they, they begin their relationship with Jesus in a foxhole. Some get serious about their relationship with Jesus at an addiction recovery house. Some find Jesus in a prison cell. Some find Jesus watching a Christian radio program or, or listening to a Christian radio program or maybe watching on TV, maybe something online. Or some people begin to learn about Jesus just by reading their Bible on their own. There are all kinds of beginnings, and we didn't even cover them all. Where did you start your journey with Jesus? See, there are so many places where a person can begin to learn about Christ. So many that wherever we are, when we're finally ready to start and begin, we really ought to thank the Lord that He's willing to meet us there. So many ways that we can begin how great a God we have that He'll meet us wherever we're at. See, God could set business hours if He so, cho- so chooses. So chose. He could come and He could say, look, you got to come to my church from 9.30 to noon every Sunday if you want to come to me. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what, what you're dealing with right now. If you want to come to me, these are the times you have to be here. Sunday morning, 9.30 to 12. Now, some of you might think that's the only time that we work here. I assure you, 
We're here through the week. But that's the great thing, is you don't have to come to church to come to Jesus. You don't have to show up at a specific time. I mean, what if God said, Sunday morning in church, that's all you get. If you can't come then, well, sorry, you're out of luck. Try next week. See, if that was the case, then Saul of Tarsus, man, he would have been out of luck. He could have never began with Jesus because Saul never went to church. Man, Saul wouldn't have been caught dead in a church unless it was to arrest somebody in the church. Arrest them and drag them off to Jerusalem to stand trial. And that's what Paul was doing, and that's where Saul was going when he and Jesus had their first conversation. That's where it all began for Saul. And God did that. Not on a Sunday morning, not in church. He met Saul where he was at, on a road to Damascus. And God did that because God had plans for that man. And that's why God stopped that man Saul that day. That's why God blinded that man. That's why He spoke to that man out on the road to Damascus. God told that man Saul to rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. And that's just what Saul did. With the help of a helping hand, he rose and he allowed himself to be led by the hand into Damascus where he was given three days to think about his life a little bit, think about things, to pray about things, things that he had been doing and things the Lord might have him do instead. What have I been doing with my life? And what does my life look like now? Luke writes in chapter 9, verse 10, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias! And he said, here I am, Lord. Here's another man the Lord was having a conversation with in Damascus, a different place than where the Lord had had his last conversation. Verse 11, And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Ananias is saying, God, are you sure you know who this guy is? You know what he's been up to? I mean, I'm, you're asking me to do something, something pretty dangerous here. I could end up in prison just for approaching this man. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. See, God had great plans for that man. Plans that Ananias couldn't understand. And plans that Saul himself couldn't even understand. But God still had his plans for that man. And that's why God told Ananias to go, because that man was the chosen instrument in God's hand. Verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. Paul was so moved here. The first thing he did was be baptized. As soon as there was that conversion, he was baptized. Before he even ate, even though he had been starving for three days. For some days, he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He 
is the Son of God. This man, Saul of Tarsus, he went from persecuting Christians, seeking Christians out for arrest and even death, he went from that to supporting their cause and preaching the name of Jesus in the synagogues. And that's something that Saul never preached, never stopped preaching until the day that he died. Because that was God's plan. Saul was God's plan for spreading the good news of Jesus across the Mediterranean. He was the plan to reach the Gentiles. And for most of us here this morning, thank God that God had a plan to reach the Gentiles. God had plans for that man, Saul. And God has plans for you too. And Saul had done a lot. Saul was really in it. Saul should have been disqualified. He was, I'm sure, disqualified by many after the fact. No way, no way. He's done too much. He can't be joining this cause. That's why it hits home so much more when you read the words of Paul in Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Sometimes it really helps to know who the author is. Because if anybody would know, if anybody would know here, it would be Paul. Paul knows that he should, his past should have disqualified him, yet also knows that he has been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand. And so if you hear anything this morning, if you ever feel disqualified, if you ever feel like you're, you've done too much, you've made too many mistakes, never miss this that you are God's masterpiece. You are His workmanship. And He has plans for your life just like He had for Saul. Because before we ever began to have a relationship with Jesus, before we had our first conversation with Him, before we even had the slightest inclination to learn about Him, no less commit ourselves to teaming up with Him and following Him, before all that, God had plans for your life. And by the grace of God, He has included you and me in those plans. So if you come here this morning and you're ready to start, there's just really no good reason why the place where we begin can't be right here. Where the purpose for the whole place is dedicated to being a place where you can begin begin to know Jesus. A place where you can believe and believe in Jesus. A place where you can belong to Jesus and to His family of believers. A place where people can become all that He wants them to be. And a place where you can build. Joining others who are trying to build their marriages and build their families and build their character and help build the kingdom of our God. That's what Saul did. That's how Saul began. And that's how you can begin to. Years later, when Saul recounted what happened to him, Saul said in Acts 26, 19, Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. See, Saul went through a lot. And he could have walked away that day and said, I I don't want to do this. I I don't know what's going on. Instead, Saul chose to listen. Saul chose to, to, to listen to the, God, the plans that God had for him. And then, he was obedient for the heavenly vision, to the heavenly vision for his life. And he entered into them. And then the first order of business was Saul's obedience here. 
That's why when, when the God sent man told him, and now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. That's what Saul did. He was obedient to the call on his life, the heavenly vision for his life. And you might be here this morning, and you might feel like God has been doing, trying to do something in your life. He's been trying to stir something in your heart. He, you feel that he might have plans for you, but it doesn't matter unless you choose to obey the heavenly vision he has for your life. Unless you choose to listen to what he's calling you to, what he's asking you to build on this earth. See, Saul was obedient. He rose and was baptized immediately. And Saul's journey of a thousand miles, it began with that first step. So often we get caught up in the tenth step that we don't even try the first step. Be obedient to the first step and let God handle steps eight, nine, and ten. Saul took that first step that day of baptism. And that's a step that 33 people took under our banner at Gateway last year. And a step that someone here this morning, in fact, I know that someone here this morning is taking. But I hope that there will be more this year. I hope someone asks some questions today that might help you get to that step in your life sooner rather than later because it's the greatest step you could ever take. But if you can't see yourself taking that step today, let me suggest a smaller step. Can you at least see yourself here this year? In church, at Gateway, learning about Jesus, getting to know Him more. At a place committed to being a place to help you do that, to help build each other up and build the kingdom of our Lord here. A place where you can begin your journey. Are you ready to do something new in 2022? Are you ready for a new beginning wherever you're at geographically to come to the Father and say, I'm ready to begin? I hope that that will be somebody's experience in this new year. Let's pray. Father God, it's here we are at the beginning of a new year, and a lot of times we're so focused on new beginnings. We have new goals professionally and physically and all these things. We start anew. But Father, in the midst of that, I, I hope that we would never cast aside our relationship with You. We all come as sinners in need of a Savior. No matter where we're at, we need Jesus in our lives. And so, Father, I, I come this morning and I ask that those that need to take that first step, that they would hear your call in their lives and that they would, they would be baptized, they would, list, they would obey the heavenly vision that you have for your life, for their life. And they would take that first step this morning. But, Father, I also I pray for those that maybe took that step a long time ago but maybe they've gone off the path, they need to repent. I pray that path of repentance would start today, that they, it would begin today and they would focus their eyes and their life back on you. Father, perhaps we've lost sight of how you're working in our lives. Maybe when we hear this, this talk of plans for our life, it causes us to think, what could those plans even be? Father, in those times, when it's the hardest to see, 
when the darkness seems to be closing around, I pray that we would continue to focus our eyes on your son, Jesus, and know that while we may not be able to see what you're doing right now, we are still promised that we are your workmanship. We are your masterpiece, and you have laid out good works for each one of us. I pray that we would stay obedient, maybe become obedient to whatever it is you would have for our lives. Father, this morning, maybe obedience is just, as far as it depends on us, living at peace with one another. Showing the love of Jesus to those around us. Not giving in to what this world would have us do in arguments and, and the hate and the evil that comes through this world, but that we would fight against that and show the love of Jesus to others instead. That we would strip away all of our own agendas just take up the agenda of Christ to love our neighbor as ourselves. Father, we are so thankful that your grace allows us to be a part of what you're building on this earth. The kingdom that you are building, I pray that we would take that seriously, that we would be obedient to whatever you have in store for us. Father, I thank you for your love that you would send your one and only son, Jesus, so that he would go to the cross for us and wash away all of our sins and give us a hope that extends beyond this world. That he would lay down his life for each one of us. I thank you for your love and your grace, most of all for your son Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you come this morning and you've never made that decision, you've never taken that first step to be baptized into the waters, to be plunged underneath and come out a new creation. You come here this morning and you've been trying to do it on your own. You've been, you're just exhausted. Maybe you come this morning and realize your need for a Savior. We, so I would ask, just like Paul take that, took that obedience, that first step of obedience, that's the first step for all of us. Even before he ate or drank, he said baptism is the most important thing. And so if you have a decision to make this morning, I would love to talk to you about, about that, about baptism. So that in front of all these witnesses, all these friends, you can say, I came one person and I left another with Jesus as the Lord and King of my life. That from this day forward, he will sit on the throne of all that I say and do. I'll be right down front this morning. I'd love to talk to you about that decision. We already have one this morning. His family has come, and it's so great to see family come to celebrate this. So we're so thankful for that. We've got room for more. The water's warm. It's great. If you come this morning, you've already made that step. You've already been baptized. That does not make us immune from the things that this world would like to throw at us, the hurts and the pains of this world, the trials that we've been promised. But though we've been promised trials of many kind, though a relationship with Jesus does not make you immune to the evils of this world, we have been given the gift of prayer that we could come to God and involve him in whatever situation. And like I said earlier, I don't understand a lot of things a lot of times. It's hard to explain a lot of what goes on in our lives. Why? Why? <laughs> but what I know is that David cried out, why a lot in the Psalms? But David continued to cry out to the Father. So we can't explain away a lot of things because his ways are higher than ours. 
But we are told time and time again to cast our cares, cast our anxiety, cast our burdens on him. To, to cry out. If you're going to cry out, there's no better person to cry out to. So I would love to pray with you this morning. If there's something going on in your life or the life of a loved one, you're really struggling with something, I would love to pray with you this morning. I'll be right down front. We can involve God in whatever might be going on. So if you have a decision to make, to make or you just need some prayer this morning, I would love to pray with you. But I just ask that we all stand and sing our final song together.